This episode is part of the series Know Your Candidates, conversations with city council and mayoral candidates for the election of 2017 in the city of Holyoke, Massachusetts. The Radio Plasma podcast does not support or oppose any candidate for public office. This is a nonpartisan, independent media outlet dedicated to promoting a peace culture, embrace diversity, conversations, sharing of opinions and ideas, and ensure diverse voices are represented in our media. Welcome to the Radio Plasma podcast, a space dedicated to the exchange of ideas. Conversations, stories, music, performances, and randomness. Listen at radioplasma.com. Also, we are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, and Stitcher. I'm your producer and host, Johan Rashivega. This is the series, Know Your Candidates. And today, I want to welcome the candidate for City Council for Ward 6, James Brunel. James, welcome, and thank you for being here with us today. Thanks for the invitation. I appreciate the uh, opportunity to uh, talk with you and your listening uh, public. So you are running for Ward 6. Correct. And this is not the first time you are running for a position in the in the city council. No, this is my second time, although last time I ran, two years ago, I ran as an at-large candidate citywide. Uh, did not finish in the top eight. I finished 10th. I had actually sort of not planned on running this time with the reduction of the uh, city council uh, from eight to six at-large seats, having a strong incumbent in our ward and uh, outgoing counselor now, Kevin Jourdain. Uh, and then, you know, Kevin announced that he was not running, uh, opens up uh, a seat, uh, open seat, so to speak. And uh, yeah, I decided to jump in and take one more shot. So let us know a little bit about about you, who you are, and well, we know that you have been a Hollywood resident your entire life. Correct. And how this connects with your motivations to run for office? Sure. Uh, well, I grew up in a family that was not only in Hoyoke, but very involved in Hoyoke. My grandfather, Ernest Bernaltus, uh, deceased, Grandpa died in 1989, uh, was on the board of Alderman, what the city council was known as that time, uh, for 10 years and served for a number of years as the president of the board. Following that, and then he, he ran for mayor, was unsuccessful, but very close, a few hundred votes, and then went into business. Uh, my family at that time owned and still owns Hoyoke Sporting Goods, uh, which is now in Ward 6 on Dwight Street. Uh, after being downtown on Suffolk Street for many years. My father, uh, Harold Bernalt, who's an attorney, was always involved in city politics. Uh, my father ran for the Board of Aldermen, as was known then, and again, barely missed. Uh, seems to be a family trait. We always barely miss, it seems like. Uh, but anyways, after that, Dad went to work in the law department as uh, he worked for many years as a city solicitor for the city as well as the assistant city solicitor, holding both positions at different times. And uh, I grew up with involvement in the city, with activity in the city, and with the idea that uh, you're supposed to be involved. You know, you're supposed to do stuff for your city. Your city has done stuff for you. And, uh, you know, I was educated at Hoyle Kai. I 
did youth sports growing up. I, you know, had all sorts of different involvements in the city. Uh, I spent my summers at the Boys and Girls Club uh, doing summer camp through the Hoyle Boys and Girls Club and such. So the idea has always been uh, to give back to the city in various ways. One way is public service as an elected official. Uh, so that's, that's what I'm pursuing now. I have been involved in the city in the past in other ways, and I, I hope giving back at least some through other types of service, but uh, I, I, I think I got the skills, I think I have the education and the training to be good as a city councilor and, you know, to help further the city. When you talk about the skills and qualifications, uh, it's important to mention that it includes job placement and also work with community, uh, particularly with the uh, elderly. Uh, can you share a little bit about that? Sure. Well, for roughly just about 20 years now, I've worked in human services. Uh, I started, I, I need a job originally, and I ended up as what was known as an awake overnight staff in a group home residence serving three gentlemen. At that time, uh, the gentlemen were served through what was known as the Department of Mental Retardation, which later became the Department of Developmental Services. Um, so I worked with people with intellectual disabilities for roughly 17 years, uh, mostly in Hoyoke, mostly in group home settings, and in a variety of positions, eventually rising to program coordinator, program director. Uh, some of the jobs I had along the way, uh, I worked at West Mass Elder Care here in Hoyoke as a director of personal care management. So that really involved me with working with the elderly, uh, setting up matches for people in our community with personal care attendants to try to keep elders in their homes. Then, uh, oh, I guess about eight years ago now, I'm not exactly sure of the dates and timeline. Uh, I sought a position on the Geriatric Authority here in Hoyoke. A lot of people know the Geriatric Authority was going through a lot of troubled times with finances and all sorts of different issues. And with my experience as a, as a manager, my experience of doing contracts with Department of Devel Developmental Services, being a supervisor of people, being a program director, and being used to dealing with Medicare, Medicaid, line item type budgeting, which is very difficult uh, uh, language to get used to. I, I, you know, I felt I could be of service. I, I guess in a way, most people would think we were unsuccessful since the Geriatric Authority ended up closing its doors. I'm not so sure we weren't successful. You know, I, I think the, the closing process, as unfortunate as it was, went well. People were, were assisted to other good care facilities. And, you know, the building reverted to the city as an asset to the city. My family has also had a very strong connection with the Geriatric Authority over the years. My grandfather, who I talked about earlier, Ernest Bernold Sr., uh, was on the founding board of the Geriatric Authority, and my father had served on the board of the Geriatric when it was reorganized and they had built the building most people know now, known as the new building, one that kind of looks like Pizza Hut to me. <laughs> so I knew some of the history, so I think it's appropriate that building reverted to the city because it came from the city. And hopefully, you know, uh, with the city council, I can be part of uh, taking an asset in the city, a pretty good parcel of land, pretty good building, which has now been improved in some significant ways uh, due to the last couple occupants, including Gandhara Center for some period of time. 
uh, and, you know, turn that asset into something else that can help the city. Now being a candidate for War 6, what are the challenges that you identify needs to be worked on in War 6? Sure. I've just completed going around the ward and meeting, doing, I've done, now done every street in the ward door to door. I haven't met all the people. Some people aren't home, some people, but I've met a significant number of people. And uh, there's about three themes that I would say come out regularly. Uh, one is speeding. Uh, a lot of speeding. West Franklin, I was on West Franklin the other day, and people tell me, you know, with its positioning off of 391, that some people treat it almost like an extension of the highway. Noise type of things. People talk about noise in the neighborhood. Uh, a lot of fireworks at all times of year in various neighborhoods. Happen in my neighborhood. I live on St. James Ave. And, um, some people have some issue with some parking and uh, other types of vehicle concerns in the ward and stuff. But everything I've encountered, to me, comes down to enforcement. We basically, we have laws on the books now for noise ordinances. We have laws in the books about speeding. I mean, the fundamental speed law in the city is 30 miles an hour. I got you and I both, we all know people exceed that regularly and such. So I think what we need to do as the council is to find some ways to assist our police department and maybe an expanded uh, parking uh, regulations department to uh, do some enforcement. The mayor has talked about, you know, stepping up enforcement downtown, particularly on uh, parking meter ticketing as a source of revenue for the city. I would say, well, why aren't we expanding enforcement all throughout Hoyoke? You know, uh, somebody parking too close to a curb on Northampton Street and cutting off a sight line when you're trying to see traffic coming from the north or the south on Route 5 is dangerous and it's a ticketable, enforceable offense. You know, somebody speeding up West Franklin. I was doing the door-to-door. -door. One guy told me a story. Isn't it Josue was his name? He's building a house there. Uh, that one day a truck came up the road, hit a guy's dog, and just kept going. You know, that's what, those are enforceable offenses, and those are enforceable speed laws. And stuff. And funny enough, you know, the other night Linda Vakin, the council for Ward 5, held a ward meeting. And I'm interested in the city besides just my neighborhood. So I went to her ward meeting. People are talking about the same issues. I was at the Senior Fest today up at the log cabin. Uh, the uh, Mass Live reported there were 288 seniors in attendance, nearly 300 people. I don't know how many were from Ward 6. But I know the same issues came up no matter what tables I went to. So there's not just Ward 6 issues, there's citywide issues. Another issue I think that's very important, two other issues I guess in Ward 6 I would say are important. I see blight beginning to increase in our city. And I encourage, I'm glad that this is happening, the city is taking advantage of the home receivership program here in the county and turning some of these properties over. It's a way to generate revenue for the city. It's a way to get blighted homes back on the tax rolls. It's a way to get interested property owners into the city and, you know, do away with all the problems that come with a blighted house. I was first... Uh, 
sort of clued into this two years ago when I ran for city council at large by our, our school committeeman from Ward 7, Niles Gorshane. Niles has been working with the city of Springfield on this home receivership program for several years and quite successfully. And uh, I'm glad to see it starting to come in Hoyoke. It's definitely something I would support on the council. It's definitely something I'd like to see expanded. I live on St. James Ave. We had a blighted house at the end of our street for several years. Now it's owned, it's been repaired. I think the people bought it by just by observation, sort of bought it and flipped it, but that's fine. They cleaned it up, they made a nice house, and now somebody's living there. We got a uh, two houses in walking distance to my house that are sort of boarded up with notices on them that, you know, I'd like to see go into receivership or in some other manner, you know, actively be pursued uh, to bring them back onto tax rolls to take care of any of those problems that develop, vermin that comes in when you have a blighted property, health concerns, all sorts of different risks. Um, so that's definitely one. The other thing about Ward 6 is you have two corridors, Northampton Street, Route 5, and Dwight Street, and also a very strong business presence in Ward 6. Um, you know, you've got uh, automotive shops on Dwight Street, you've got American Rug, it's been in oil longer than I have. Um, you know, you've got uh, the corridor of Northampton Street with Friendlies and Silk and Nick's Nest and the Yankee Peddler and Forge closing, but... Uh, you know, coming back with People's Bank and stuff. So there's a significant business presence. And I, I do think Hoyoke has a problem with business, with our tax rate on business, uh, you know, consistently being told by business owners is too high. And uh, I'm also told that uh, by business owners, our permitting process in Hoyoke is very cumbersome. My father who is an attorney and still practicing at 83, goes to work every day, works full time. He does a lot of permitting with businesses, and he tells me it takes two to three times as long to get a business permitted in Hoyoke as it does in surrounding communities. In fact, he had one family that was opening at the same time two different Chinese restaurants, one in Springfield and one in Hoyoke and he assisted them with both processes as the attorney. He said the permitting in Springfield took roughly three months, the permitting in Hoyle took nine months. So it's three times as long, or I guess 66% more complicated. And that's, you know, that's a dis disadvantage to businesses, a discouragement to business, and then you couple that with our high business tax rate. So it's hard to do business here, and it's expensive to do business here. Uh, something we need to address. When you decide to run for city council for War 6, that also means that you are going to be working along with the rest of the city council, uh, knowing about some situations that not necessarily are happening in War 6, although you mentioned many of them are similar and reflect in the whole city. How do you see the state of the city council right now and what potentially could become after this election? Well, definitely I think that, uh, you know, if, if one part of the body's sick, the whole body's sick. But also, to another cliche to throw out, you know, the rising tide raises all boats. I think while I hope to represent Ward 6, the concern of the city has to be the first concern. If something is not working in the city, 
then it's not going to work for Ward 6. You know, if, if uh, the kidney's sick, the heart's going to be in trouble soon. So I, I think a ward council, no matter what ward they represent, has to have certainly an eye and an ear and a concern for how votes affect the whole city, not just their ward. I, there should not be a division between ward and, and at-large councilors uh, because just for that reason. It, it, with disharmony, you know, it's not going to work. I'm, I actually, I don't see as much acrimony on the city council as a lot of people have. I hear people talking about divisions on the city council. Um, I know there's been talk in some of our mayoral races over the last few years of these terms about old Hoyoke and new Hoyoke and those types of things. Most of the votes I see on the city council are unanimous or pretty close. There's very few issues on the council or in a city generally that I would say are large divisive issues. And most of what a city council does is issues of governance. You know, where are you going to put a stop sign? Where are you going to add handicapped parking spaces? Are you going to zone a property for uh, business, industrial, business, industrial, residential, you know, what's happening with the abutters and stuff? It's only once in a while, you know, a divisive issue like a needle exchange or a MD's church or different things like that come along and you really get this polarity of views. But if you look at most of the votes taken on the city council, most of the discussions that happen in the city council, you get a very clear majority uh, by number of votes or, uh, you know, or you at least they're getting business done by number of votes and stuff. Um, yeah, I, I, I generally think that's a good sign. So, James, what it will be at this point the core of your campaign now that you are running and we, at least in this case, Ward 6, it has two contendants, mm -hmm. so there is no need for a preliminary. Correct. What is your strategy? What is your campaign? What are the points that you look forward to work on? Sure. Uh, well, two things. One is I, I think we need to find a way to address this issue of enforcement. We've already talked about how can we free up or augment our police department for enforcement issues. I think one issue that could be explored is more use of the auxiliary police in Hoyoke. Uh, could the auxiliary police in Hoyoke be involved in patrol? Could the auxiliary police in Hoyle be involved in an augmented trafficking department or, you know, uh, trafficking enforcement department within the city? Could some things be taken off our full-time regular police uh, by the auxiliary police that would then allow more patrol, more enforcement within the city? Uh, so I do think that's a big issue. The other thing I think that's a big issue in the city is jobs. You know, it's, uh, I graduated high school in 1983. I was in a class of well over 500 students. I go to my high school reunions, 30, 35 people live in the city of Hoyoke out of 500 some odd. You know, that I'm aware of, it may be more, but I'll bet it's under 100, which means, you know, we lost 80% of my high school class to other cities. You know, now some people get married and move away, or some people want to live in warmer climate or whatever and stuff, but a number of people leave because of opportunity, because of jobs, because of things like that. And I think particularly in Hoyoke, we have a need for a job market that gives 
really a significant number of jobs and can give a significant number of jobs for what we would traditionally call the blue-collar market. And I think the answer to that is manufacturing. I work uh, for the Mass Rehab Commission. I'm a state employee, and what I do, my job is to help people find jobs. Uh, so I've been working in employment and uh, workforce development for seven years now. And I have come across cities, the city of Framingham being an example, that have successfully marketed themselves to large technology companies to be their, their manufacturing site. So, uh, for example, Framingham successfully marketed itself to the aerospace technology down in Connecticut. That corridor between Hartford, Windsor, Windsor, Connecticut, United Technology, Sikorsky, all those places. They went down there, they marketed themselves, and they picked up the manufacturing jobs. Not three jobs, not six jobs like a Pride gas station or a Dunkin' Donuts, which is fine. But, you know, hundreds of jobs in machining and manufacturing at one time. And I asked a friend of mine, a guy I graduated high school with who is still in Hoyle, who's an engineer. He works with one of these companies. I said, why did Framingham pick up this business? He said, because they asked. They came to us. They made the pitch. They told us what they had. And we bit. So is Hoyle out there doing this? Do we have a PowerPoint? Do we have a presentation? Are we going to the, uh, the medical technologies field outside of Boston and saying, hey, let us build your pill packs. Let us make your bottles. Let us build your childproof caps. Now, I know from my work with the state in job and uh, workforce development, you can go to stick for one year one school year, get certified as a CNC machinist and be ready to fill these types of jobs. And oftentimes, I, I, I don't want to, I want to qualify this statement with saying I'm not 100% sure. Many of the certificate programs at these colleges don't even require high school diploma because you're doing a certificate program, you're not doing a college degree program. So people could go right into these programs and we'd have a trained workforce in a very short time. Uh, we got Tech Foundry in Springfield doing a great job training people. You got the, uh, the cooperative program between Hoy Community and Springfield Techni uh, Technical Community College just for this purpose of training workers for these types of fields and these types of jobs. Um, Hoyoke, the reason Framingham got these jobs, I'm told, is the, the wage rate in Massachusetts generally is lower than Connecticut, and it's a savings to these companies to offsource these jobs, even with the transportation costs involved. My argument is, well, we're closer than Framingham, so transportation is going to be cheaper. We got a better electrical rate. We've got the infrastructure in place. We've got the training pieces in place. The one thing that's probably a hindrance is our business tax rate. But We've got, you know, four or five pieces in place to make this happen. Are we pursuing it? And I'll tell you, one of the things I would do on the city council is I'd have their economic development office in as much as I possibly could, asking them not just who are you working with here in the city, not just what are you doing, uh, cleaning up brownfields and stuff, which is great, but what are you doing outside the city? Where are you going? Where are you marketing us? What businesses are you targeting? Who are you looking to bring in? What's your presentation? What's your selling point? For people 
that want to get in contact with you and get more information about your campaign and maybe reach out to you for mm -hmm. comments, suggestions, ways to participate or to engage for the benefit of the improvement of Ward 6. Yep. Where they can get a hold of you. Sure, I can give you a few things. One, anyone can call my cell phone. It's in my pocket right now. And it's a 413 number in our area code. 627-3003. So 627-3003. Uh, anytime you want to call me. Any of my literature I give out, any of my cards always has my cell phone number on it. I have an email address particular to the campaign, which is B for the number four council at gmail.com. My website, I, I can't say it got launched, it's under construction, but we, we secured the domain name for uh, jimbernault.com. And the one feature that I know that's working on the website so far, because not many are, it's being developed, is uh, the contact us feature. So they can go to jimbernault.com, they can send a question, they can make a comment, they can volunteer for the campaign if they want whatever and that will I, my understanding is links to the email and will come to me or you know knock on my door I live at 49 st james ave in Hoyoke. if you show up i'll be happy to answer your question if i can and find out if i can't and aside of the note docking and engaging with community is there any plans for events activities i'm mostly what i'm focusing on is the door-to-door -door. I'm a big believer in, you know, meeting people where they're at, come to them. And when I do the door-to-door, -door, I, I introduce myself. I explain to people I'm running for Ward 6. And my first question is, do you have any issues or concerns and stuff? So, And that's something I'm thinking that, you know, it's a two-year term. But my hope is to get elected and then treat the one-year anniversary almost like another election, maybe walk the ward again at that point. You know, do another round of door-to-door. -door. Our current council in the ward, Kevin Jordan, uh, has been doing ward meetings up at Sullivan School, which is also the voting place. I'd like to continue the ward meetings. Uh, I think I'd maybe like to move them around a little. Uh, Sullivan School is a very good venue. I certainly would probably do some up there. Even though it's not in the ward, but right on the edge of the ward is the Hoyle Senior Center. So people living sort of lower down in the ward, you know, maybe Sergeant West Franklin, Linden Street, be a little bit easier access for them. So, you know, maybe alternate between the two sites, something like that. That'd definitely be a way I'd want to keep connecting. To be honest, I don't know if I'm going to have sort of another campaign event. I did have a, a kickoff event at Nick's Nest in the ward. Um, I really wanted, uh, it was important to me, if I'm going to run for ward council to support something in the ward with the event. Uh, so I went to Nick's Nest, and it was a great event. It really was. Um, I've been thinking about maybe like just a community day picnic up at Community Field. Uh, be a free event. No, it wouldn't be a fundraiser. It'd just be a last chance to meet people maybe before uh, the actual voting day. Uh, you know, some soft drinks, hot dogs, chips, and come on up and meet Jim type of thing. And last chance to ask people, what are your issues? What are your concerns? Any message that you have for your neighbors in Ward 6 and in general for the city of Holyoke? Sure. One thing I can, well, I'll promise you two things if I get elected. I'll listen to you. 
I may not end up agreeing with you. I may not even end up voting the way you want me to or whatever. But I'll listen to you. I'll get informed. I'll do my homework, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll certainly vote the way that I, I think is best for the ward and best for the city. And the other thing is I can promise you uh, there may be others that will work as hard as I do. I don't know. But nobody will work harder. You know, I will do my homework. I will put in the time and such. Uh, I've sort of shedded myself of some other commitments in the anticipation that, you know, I may win this election uh, so that I can have the time and the energy to put into this. I think it's a serious thing to represent the city. I think governance is a serious issue. So I would take it seriously and I'd work at it hard. James Brunel, candidate for War 6 at this election in the city of Holyoke. Thank you so much for your time, for being here with us, for sharing your story, your ideas, and your campaign. And we expect to hear more from you, regardless of the outcome. This is an open forum for the benefit of the community, and certainly Having you here today is a good example of this exercise of communicating and making oneself available for the benefit of the community. So thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you for the invite, and I was happy to do it. I appreciate it. This is James Brunel, candidate for War 6 in this election, part of the series Know Your Candidates in this series of interviews on Radio Plasma. This episode was produced at the Plasma Media Lab here at the Gandhara Youth Development Center in Holyoke, Mass. I'm your producer and host, Johan Rashivega. Thank you for listening.